What's up, friends and family? Today, we're talking about all things working together. Sometimes it's hard to see that, but it's still true. This is episode number 39 of the Keep Reading Podcast. Here we go! Welcome to the Keep Breathing Podcast, where we talk about real life and share real hope, one conversation at a time. My name is Jimmy Akers, and I'm your host, and it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to share with you again on this side of the microphone as you are on that side of the speaker headphones. However you're listening today, thank you so much, and it's a joy for me to be able to share with you, and I'm thankful for this opportunity, and do not take it for granted. I do not take it for granted that you are taking the time to listen to this, and so the Keep Breathing Podcast Uh, We want to be a breath of fresh air in your life and hopefully add value to you in some capacity and encourage you, share hope with you. And so thank you so much for taking the time. And I do hope and pray that that will happen again with this episode in your life. This is episode number 39, and we're talking about all things working together for the good. That thought comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we're going to walk through this a little bit. And maybe you've heard this verse talked about, preached about, whatever, in some capacity. And here's the thing. Even if you're not a person of faith, I just encourage you to stay with us on this journey talking through this because I'm sure this is something that you've thought about too. And so we're thankful so much for uh, the opportunity to share with you. And uh, I am a follower of Jesus. Uh, I put no bones about that. I use scripture and prayer and all those elements in the podcast, in my writing all the time. It's who I am. I'm a pastor. I also work in missions, and it's who I've been for most of my life. been raised in the church, product of the church, but I have plenty of friends and plenty of listeners on this show that have not had the same journey with faith as I have and may not be where I'm at in this area and even believe different things, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I love you regardless of how you believe, and if I really believe what I believe, (laughs) I'm going to continue to do that. So we're just so thankful that you're here and the opportunity to talk about this. But this thought does come from Romans chapter 8, and I just want to read the verse, and then I want to read the paraphrase of this from Dr. Eugene Peterson, um, just an incredible gifted man. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to read this in one translation, New King James, kind of how I grew up. And so even when I'm reading other translations, that particular uh, translation is the one that I go back to quite a bit. So, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And that is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time, guys, my thoughts are jumbled right now. I kind of have what I call spaghetti on the brain. Uh, this has been a, a lot of work going on in our area with Hurricane Ian and the recovery and relief efforts, and I'm tired. But I still feel called to do this and feel like this is something God wants me to share about. And I'm starting to trying to stay on my commitment to the weekly shows. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I got some interviews coming up here soon. But right now this is relevant um, in a lot of different ways. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit in relation to the storm that we just went through this hurricane, but I'm going to talk about how it relates to all of our lives, even if you are not in Florida and, or were not impacted by Hurricane Ian, um, because this, this plays out in all of our lives because we all go through painful things. And as I shared in the last episode, we all deal with storms and not all of them are necessarily 
um, physical. Sometimes, you know, the actual like earth type (laughs) outside weather storms, they can be relational, financial, emotional, mental health storms. I mean, financial, there's so many different ways uh, that we can go through different storms in life, but we've all gone through some hard things. And this thought of all things working together for good or for our good. And I just want to say this, and, and here's the thing. When I was growing up in my life, I really struggled with this text because of the way that a lot of communicators, preachers, evangelists, whatever, would share it. Uh, they would say, man, all things work together for good. And I had a hard time with that because in life, all things are not good. There, there are a lot of painful things in life. And as a young kid, kind of growing up in some ways in the, the religious uh, sect of Christianity that I grew up in, there was sometimes this thought that if you, if you did everything right, everything in your life would be good. And that's not even biblically accurate at all. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Um, I mean, if Jesus went through that, how much more are we going to deal with that? But all things working together for good. And so how do all things work together for good? That's a great question because that's hard to process sometimes. How, How are they actually good? I mean, what does that look like? How do they get there, I guess? Because we just need to establish, and I think we can all agree on this, all things are not good. But this is a part of the redemptive work that God does. And again, talking last week about the reigning on the just and the unjust, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, God, I do believe, intervenes in our life. I believe he can intervene in situations. I think there's a chance that if we get to see a film strip of our life when we get to heaven one day, it might be a mighty long, but if God just shows us the highlights, that there's going to be so many scenarios where God intervened and we were not even aware. And I really believe that. I think that God does those kinds of things. But it is hard sometimes to reconcile our faith in God if we believe that all things are going to be good and then they're not. Right When we talk about the sovereignty of God, that God understands all things, that God is in control of all things, then why would he allow these things? And the truth is, is that I believe that the redemptive work of God's plan plays out in different ways. And that God can take any messy situation. You know, there's passage of scripture that talks about what's too hard for God. Nothing. Nothing is too hard for God. God can do anything. I believe that God can always uh, have a redemptive plan in play, and, and we don't always see it for that. We don't always look at it like that. And I know I bring this up every once in a while when I'm talking about, uh, you know, many years ago when I went through a divorce, but that's a perfect example of God's redemptive work and God bringing good out of such a horrible thing. Because the thing is, is in my life, there was times where I didn't feel hopeless because I knew God was still with me, but I felt helpless. And I I wondered if I would never not hurt in that way ever again. And if there would ever be, I mean, when when I walked through my divorce and I saw some of this play out in really difficult ways, 
I actually thought that I would never be in ministry again. I, I thought that even though I, that wasn't my choice and I didn't desire that, you know, and, and, and I don't talk about my ex-wife in a negative way because I, I don't have anything negative to say about her. You know, we went through a, a very painful uh, a divorce and it wasn't my choice. But that being said, I still don't wish no ill. And there's been forgiveness and grace and healthy communication since then. But the reason why I can share that example is because 50% of marriages end up in divorce. And sometimes they come out of nowhere, and it happens. And none of us are perfect people. We all screw up. So even in not desiring that in my life, I, I didn't want it. I couldn't stop it. But I also know that I wasn't perfect in my marriage in my previous life. So I know I wasn't perfect either. So... I, again, I'm not trying to get into the weeds with that, but I want to give that as an example because it's something that makes sense to a lot of people because you either have been, somebody in your family has been, or you know somebody that has been. The way I've watched this play out in my life is that all things work together for good, that God can work all things together for good, is the way, this is how I see it. There, there are people that when I was sharing about our separation and then sharing about our divorce in my previous life. I am now remarried and so thankful for my wife and just the way that God has brought this redemptive plan to play out in my life. But there was people that had told me from previously, me walking through that, that, you know, this was God's plan. And I don't believe that that was true. I, I, I still don't. I don't believe that that was God's plan for either of us that was in that marriage to hurt and to walk through that. I don't believe that that was God's plan. However, coming back to this passage, Romans 8, 28, I do believe that God has a redemptive plan, and I think he always does. God's plan in the garden in Genesis was for us to be able to commune with God all of our lives. Things were good. I mean, we were only told, you know, Adam was only told, Adam and Eve, you know, just stay away from this tree. One thing. You have one job, avoid that tree. <laughs> they couldn't do it. And the truth is we wouldn't have a year. We would have messed it up, right? And so, but the reality of it is, is that God communed with them in, in a unique way. And then in our flesh, being tempted by the enemy, we screwed up, right? Adam and Eve screwed up, set things out. Jesus was the redemptive plan. He was the sacrificial lamb that came to redeem us. The cross, right? wouldn't have even been necessary if Adam and Eve would have made their stuff stay straight and not did what they did. The cross was the way that we have been redeemed. We have access to Jesus and eternity with the Lord because of the redemptive plan. All things working together for the good. It leads to something good, even though we can't see it. Let me talk about uh, death for a second. I'm just staying real super positive right now, y'all, just being honest. We've all been impacted by it, and we're all going to meet that intersection of life at some point. I do a lot of funerals, and because I do a lot of funerals, I don't get the opportunity to not have to think about that. As a minister, and just God's giving me that lane to kind of go in that direction, and there are a lot of pastors that don't even do funerals. They don't want to, and I just tell you, there's a lot of people that don't want to have anything to do with funerals. It's a hard thing, especially the people that have to process a funeral in, somebody, in somebody's life that they love. Nobody wants that intersection, but it's a part of our life. But here's the thing about being a believer. There is hope. Uh, scripture actually reminds us that we, when, it, when we think about death, we don't mourn as those who have no 
hope, right? Because we know that there's better days. In fact, the reality of it is anyone that has already stepped into eternity with the Lord, the Bible says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Anybody that's already stepped into eternity and has spent an eternity from here on out, not in this crazy world that we live in, as much as they love us, I don't think they would want to come back. Honest to God. I like the City of Angels movie. Um, I liked the Goo Goo Dolls song. I thought Nicolas Cage was kind of cool. Uh, I think Nicolas Cage is kind of cool, even though he's got like a million beeline movies. Um, I, I think he's a talented actor. Anyways, I, I like people that wear all black. They did a lot of that in that <laughs> the concept of the the angel thing. You know, here's the thing. There is truth to an angel stepping out of God's plan. His name is Satan, um, formerly Lucifer, formerly the worship leader for heaven um, that was cast out. You know, the thing is, is that that, that movie's not biblically accurate. If you like it, it's not biblically accurate, right? Um, so we want to think about this, but the way that that kind of portrayed it was that there was something better on earth than was in serving as an angel, and that's not true. <laughs> and when we die, we're not going to become angels. That's not biblically accurate either. We're going to be with God. And the, the Bible talks about that, the, that he will wipe away every tear. There, there, there will not be pain like there is now. Uh, people that have uh, things that hinder them physically or emotionally or mentally, that those things will not be hinder them any longer. Making a decision to follow Jesus, accepting the redemption, the redemptive plan, all things working together for good that Jesus offered to us. That's the better deal. Okay, I just want you to know if you had an opportunity to trade, that is the better deal. That's why the Apostle Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, I, I'd kind of rather go there, but me still being here now is better for you is what he says. He's trying to help people out. And I even remember as a kid, people saying you can't take anything to heaven. That's not true. You can take people. You can't take stuff. You can take people. And so there are some people I've even heard recently, even people this week with this hurricane, um, that have said, man, I just wish the Lord would take me. And, you know, I have my moments <laughs> where I've felt that before uh, in a hopeful way, right? But here's the thing. I hope he doesn't take me for a really long time because I know a lot of people that don't have the same hope that I do. And I want them to come to know that hope. And if you're listening to this, and that's you, you don't know this hope, I want you to reach out to me. Why go alone at gmail.com? Don't do life alone.com. If you have questions, if you want to talk, if you want to pray, I love to talk with you about that because Jesus loves you so much and he's got a plan for your life. Speaking of a plan for your life, back to the text. We know that all things work together. For the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And he loves you so much and he's got a plan for your life. I want to read the paraphrase. Romans 8, 28. This is the message paraphrase from Eugene Peterson. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Now, we don't just see this in the New Testament. We actually see something very similar to this in the Old Testament. In Joseph's life, his brothers were, were jerks, and that's the Christian way to say that. Um, they, they tried to kill him. They sold him into slavery. They deceived uh, their father about his death. It was horrible. 
and but Joseph becomes this massive uh, leader. He does all kinds of things. He's accused of sexual assaulting somebody. He goes to jail. The person that he did something for forgot about him. He has all these people in his life that have done him wrong. But his brothers finally come to meet him when he has the authority and the power. He could have him killed. And they start talking to him, and they are scared to death that he is going to pay them back what they are due for how they treated him. And this is his response in Genesis 50, verse 20. He says this to his brothers that did all this horrible stuff to him. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So there's so many amazing things in that response from him. One, he's I, he's identifying, y'all tried to mess me up. <laughs> you tried to do this. But God, here, here's the... Here's the redemptive part, but God intended it for good. So God took that negative or hurtful or harmful or painful plan that caused pain to him. He turned it around and then says he intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So not only was Joseph's life redeemed by God, now God is using Joseph to redeem and save a whole nation of people because of God being active in his life and him being able to recognize that. Now, it's an incredible perspective that regardless of what you're going through, whether you believe that God did it or not, you know, there's a lot of different theological circles around that. Does God cause painful things? I don't think he does. I think life happens. I think the way that he created life and us having choices I believe that life happens. And again, the raining on the just and the unjust thing, if I keep referencing that, that was on episode number 38. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back to the, listen to the last episode of the podcast. But here we are. Here we are. And what somebody or something or the enemy intended for harm, God can intended for good he can turn that thing around he can redeem it he's done it in my life in so many different ways I shared about my divorce but that's not the only way he has done it in so many different ways and again not choosing that path but now not being at a place where I would change it because of the way that God has done all these incredible things and here's the thing I would never wish harm on anybody so when I when I talk about even Hurricane Ian that has done so much destruction. I, I in no capacity am trying to belittle anybody that's been impacted in a negative way. And I would never ask for something like this to happen. However, God does use these kinds of things. He does. And I just want to share a few thoughts with you about the way that I see God using just this physical storm. And again, this can apply to all of your life, even if you weren't in impacted by this hurricane, that the hard things in our life, the pain in our life, God can work those things together for good. I'm going to give you three things. I've tried to think about this and pray about it. Three things, three ways that I see God redeeming just this physical storm. And I know this can apply to your life, even if you haven't gone through this hurricane that we just did. Number one, Community, our community coming together 
in incredible ways. We have been, our world, especially our country, has been so divided, and most of our country still is so divided, and it is heartbreaking. And we see this division also amongst other countries, but man, there's so much mess, so much division, racism. There's so many different types of ways that we can mistreat people and hurt people. And it's heartbreaking, y'all. It just is. But through this storm, and this has happened in our country multiple times that I, since I've been alive, uh, I, I saw it after September 11th. Uh, I saw it here in Florida again after Hurricane Irma. I saw it in Louisiana and Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina. And I'm, I'm, you know, attributing this to physical storms. But again, we all go through storms in life. And so in every storm in our life, I've seen these in storms in families. I've seen these kinds of things happen. And number one, people coming together and seeing people sacrifice for somebody that they wouldn't have. Love people in a way that they wouldn't have. Be generous in a way that they wouldn't. You know, and I have some stories that I've been sharing uh, on social media that will go out in my newsletter of people that are blown away as we're able to minister to them or bless them or encourage them in some capacity because incredibly generous people that don't even live here have been generous because their hearts have been moved and they want to make a difference in somebody's life. And to say, hey, yeah, we got friends that live 1,200 miles away that are blessing you. We got friends that live 600 miles away that are blessing you. Yeah, it's like mind-blowing to some of them. They've never had to walk through that before. And so here's one way that God works all things together. Number two, I see this happen a lot. And again, when I talk about the funerals, for me, this happens every time I do a funeral. But these kinds of things can cause us to reevaluate what really matters. And I've heard this probably a thousand times in the last 10 days. Yeah, I lost my house, but I still got my life. Yeah, I lost all my stuff, but I still got my family. Yeah, man, this has been so hard. But, man, my friends have been there in an amazing way. And they just recognize and they start to reevaluate. And I've heard people even say, as I rebuild or as I find a new place or as I replace the things that have been destroyed, I'm going to focus less on things and more on people. And I'm going to be honest, y'all, that's really refreshing to hear. Because I think that that's part of God's call for our life. You know, Jesus said he came for the sick. He didn't come to be comfortable. He didn't come to have a nice house. And there's nothing wrong with that, having a nice house. But how can you use that nice house? Um, I had an ignorant comment from somebody that made a comment to me about the neighborhood that I live in this week. And they said, oh, it might, must be nice to live there. And the truth is, is the person that made the comment uh, lives in a house that's probably three times more expensive than mine. That <laughs> um, probably is. Uh, if it were to be sold, it would, the value would be three times what mine is. Um, they own things that actually probably, and not even their home, that probably are worth at least half, if not more, than the value of what I even paid for my house. And I'm not, I'm, this is not about comparison, but the comments was made because my community, I'm, our, our church and everywhere where we're serving in Fort Myers area, we're right outside of the city line. We're right outside of that county line. So we're actually in a different county. And in the county that we live in, um, we were 1% of our county, which is incredible, 
that did not lose power. Now, one of the reasons that is the case is because our community and our power source comes from solar. And it's a pretty wild thing, and you can look it up. I can send you a link if you want to. There's a lot of stories being shared about our community. And we didn't lose power. We didn't lose water. And I'm so thankful for that. But we're also between 25 to 30 miles from the coast. And so even though we had 100-plus mile-an-hour winds, we didn't have the sustained 150-mile-per-hour winds, winds the entire time. But there's a lot of reasons. And uh, the truth is is that when that comment was made, it was on a day that I was super tired. I've been serving people all day long. And I just thought it was kind of ignorant. Now, I'm not out boasting, but like, ha, ha, look at you guys. Don't you have your power? Can't watch your shows. Can't charge your phone. Can't take a hot shower. I'm not doing that. The, the reality of it is for us, and I'm not saying this to boast. I'm just saying this is because, again, how can all things work together for good when you reevaluate? We made a decision to reevaluate. We don't just have this home for us, but God's blessed us with this home. And in this upcoming storm, there are people that are in danger and we'll let as many as we can fit in our house stay in our house. And so we had three, at one point, four different households sleeping in our house. And today, as I'm recording this, which I'm going to hopefully get it released today, but as I'm recording this episode right now, we're going on day 11 of people still staying at my house. We've had people come in and taking hot showers. And the only reason why I say that is my response back to the person that said it must be nice. And as I said, yes, it is. If you want to come take a hot shower or get a hot meal, let me know. It is nice. I'm thankful for it. But the reality of it is, is that we're not just thankful for it because we got it for ourselves. We're able to use it to be a blessing to other people. And sometimes storms in our life, physical, emotional, relational, financial storms, health storms, will challenge us and bring us to an intersection where we can reevaluate what matters. And I actually, um, I had, I've, I've had incredible, and I've been sharing as many positive stories as I can. But I had one moment with one gentleman that where I had to correct him a little bit. I was there to help him. And I had friends there to help him. And it was the physically hardest job of any of the things that I've been sending people out to serve at. I mean, it was it was very difficult. And to be honest with you, without the helpers that I was able to bring with me and the machinery they have, what they were able to accomplish in an hour would have taken us four days, eight to ten hour days with four or five people with saws. But because of the, the helpers that came with me and... At one point, I stepped over to the neighbor, and I, I'd gone to the neighbor's house to say, hey, is there any chance, are you okay with us putting some trash on this side of your yard? Are you okay with us parking the truck with the trailer with the equipment in front of your house? She said, yes, 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 no problem. I said, can I put your window shade down because it's in the way of us getting the equipment? She said, yes, no problem. Well, she had bricks all the way around her mobile home. That She had this like brick wall that was built up, and three-quarters of it was down. Well, while the guys were working the machinery and said, we need you to stay out of the way for a few minutes and then you can carry pieces of metal to, to the front for the trash pile, just stay out of the way. I said, no problem. You ain't got to tell me thrice. But because of this woman's generosity and seeing the need that she had, I started to rebuild the bricks on the side of her house, uh, on the base of her house. And so I started placing the bricks. And finally, I said, I wonder if these are down for a reason. Maybe they had to get underneath. So I ran to the front door. And said, ma'am, I said, I, I see all these bricks are down. I've started putting them back up for you. She's like, you're putting them up for me? And I said, yeah, I just want to make sure they're not down for a reason. She said, no, 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 the storm knocked them down. 
I said, well, is it okay with you? I, I can't promise I'll get to your whole house, but while I'm waiting for the machinery to be done, is it okay with you if I put the bricks up? She said, oh, my gosh, that would be so nice. Thank you so much, sweet older lady. Still in her bathrobe with her curls in her hair and her coffee in her hand um, that wasn't hot because she didn't have power. And uh, I said, yeah. And so I did it. I, I started working on it. And the gentleman that we were helping come over, and he said, hey, you know that's not my house. <laughs> and I got to be honest with you, friends. I wanted to throw punch somebody for a minute. I was a little frustrated by that comment. And I said, what is your point? And he said, I just wanted you to know that that's not my house. I thought you guys were over here to help me. And I said, your neighbor needs this too. And, uh, and so I corrected him. And I said, I said, if we can serve somebody else while we're serving you, we, we ought to. And in fact, after we're done cleaning up your yard, you need to go to other people and help clean up their yards. And he said, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. And I said, okay. But, man, it just frustrated me because sometimes, and I, there's nothing wrong with you need to take care of your own home. I understand that. But we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves. That's what Jesus called us to. He said life is not about us. And part of God working all things together is for us to reevaluate what really matters. And I hope that conversation went beyond that moment for me and that gentleman. We still helped him. We still got his yard completely cleaned up with this metal that he never could have taken. His carport and part of the roof of, of, of shed he built came completely off. And the metal was torn up all over the place, super unsafe. And uh, doesn't look good for his neighbors either. And so we were able to get that out of all of their yards and his yard. And so we were glad for that. But all things work together, which means that God is, is bringing redemption into your yard, your moment, your life. But this isn't just about you. This is for other people, too. And so this, the community coming together is a beautiful thing. And I've seen tons of that. It's been so good. And hopefully in your own life that you've experienced things that you're in community. And if you're not in community, you need to be. And I get my, my community of, from my community of faith, going to church, small groups. I have a lot of people that I've walked with over the years. Now, I, I get community from friends that don't believe like I do, too. But just those relationships, life-giving relationships that God can use in your life. So community coming together, being able to lean on somebody. I have people that I can call. I'm so thankful for those of you that have called to check on us. I'm so thankful for those of you that have given to help us help others. But I'm also really thankful for some of you that have said, it's great to see what you're doing. Here's a couple dollars, but how are you? How are you? That's community. That's the community coming together. And it's been so, it's felt, and we're seeing it tangibly play out. And it's so awesome. And again, the reevaluation of what really matters. And every time we come to these moments, this is going to happen. Every time you have a conversation with your doctor, you never expected this is going to happen. Every time you lose your job, this is going to happen. Every time you lose somebody you love, this is going to happen. Every time you lose something, period, this is going to happen. You choose how you respond to that. But I'm thankful for this. This is a part of all things working together. And number three, I didn't intend for this to have three points and be a message. It just happened like that. I'm a preacher. So number three, the consideration of where your hope comes from. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard on the news, I have read on social media, I have had individual conversations with people where they're either sharing with this, uh, with me from somebody else or I'm hearing it just face-to-face -face, where I've had people that have said things like, I have no idea how I survived that. I have no idea how my house was not completely flooded. I have no idea how my house was flooded, yet I still feel this sense of peace. I have no idea how my vehicles were underground or how I'm going to get to work or how I'm going to pay my bills, 
but I've already seen amazing things happen. I have no idea where we're going to live now, but I know it will work out because God protected us through the storm. We have no idea. I've heard that so many times. I can't even keep track of it. And for some of those folks, they are reevaluating and considering where does my hope and help come from? And I've had a lot of conversations with people in the last 10, 11 days since the storm physically here, but I've had this conversation with people a lot in life where they said, well, were you afraid? Were you concerned? Yeah, sure. Impacted by that. Sure. There have been moments when I watched my sliding glass door that was pulsating inside and I, I thought, okay, we're going to have some major damage to our house and this is this could be threatening to the people that are in my home. Um, yes, uh, really. But I just began to pray because I can't tell you how many times I've needed peace in situations and circumstances that didn't make sense. And guess who showed up in the mo- those moments? The one that's always been there, Jesus. Part of his name is the Prince of Peace. Scripture talks about him offering us peace that surpasses our understanding. And I can't tell you how many times and how many interviews I've seen of people that have shared, I have no idea how this didn't happen or did happen. And there's still so much tragedy and loss, loss of life, loss of homes, loss of, of lifelong investments, dream places, places where moments have taken place. I'm thankful for great memories in some of those places, but the truth is we'll be able to have new memories and the places may be different, but they could be new memories in new ways and new capacity. And that's a part of all things working together. And I think it's a quote that's attributed to Walt Disney, but it says something to the effect of, instead of being upset that it ended, be thankful that it happened. And I can say that for every area of my life, that there are situations that at the moment I did not want to end, but I couldn't control that. But with time and healing and God and perspective, I can look back and say, even though this intersection was painful leading up to that place, I'm so thankful for what came from all of that in my life. So friends, I don't know where you're at in this season of your life. I don't know what you're walking through, obviously, for our friends in Southwest Florida, especially after this hurricane. But I have friends that listen all over the country and even some internationally that are listening to this podcast right now. And I don't know what you're walking through. And hear me when I say I don't belittle the losses in any capacity. In fact, we see that in Jesus' own life. He knew he was going to bring his friend Lazarus back from the dead at least once. (laughs) He knew he was. But when he heard of Lazarus' death, the Bible says that Jesus wept. He wept because he loved people. He wept because he loved Lazarus. And he wept because people were hurting because of that. And I think that that is still true. That God grieves and mourns. He gave us those emotions for a reason. The difference, though, for the Lord is that he sees the ultimate perspective. He sees the whole book, not just the one chapter. God is not finished with your story, friends. It's really hard to see it sometimes <laughs> when you're walking through it. It really is. But where the enemy or somebody or something intended harm, God 
intended it for good, and he can bring it back to accomplishing something good. And that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God has worked into something good. And we know that all things work together for the good (laughs) to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Scripture reminds us that he's not willing that any should die. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know his love. And he wants you to know that regardless of what you're walking through in life, that you don't have to do life alone because he loves you. And I don't know where you're at, but somehow I know, especially if you're walking through a painful moment, painful intersection, painful season, whether it's related to a relationship or a physical storm or the damage from either of those or financially losses in your life, emotional issues, physical health issues, mental health issues, whatever you are walking through, you don't have to walk through it alone, but you need to know that God loves you. And even if you can't see how or where, he's working on your behalf. If you still have breath in your body and a heartbeat in your chest, he is not finished with your story. God, I pray for my brother or sister, those that are listening to this. I know this can be difficult to see process, especially when you're in the middle of the mess. But God, you do your best work with broken pieces and broken people. You always have. You're you're the perfect example of a recycler, a redeemer. God, you can take broken things and make something beautiful out of them again. So I pray for those that are struggling right now, that you would minister to them in a capacity that only you're capable of. God, I pray for peace. God, that surpasses understanding. God, I thank you for your word that's true, God, that all things can work together for good because you are good. And if it's not good, you're not done. Jesus, we thank you for it. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep breathing, friends. God bless you. Until next time.